0: Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, the host of this podcast. And after spending my entire career in the sports industry, I want to continue to find ways to give back. Give back to individuals that want to get in this business or individuals that are currently in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. It's crazy. It's season four already. I'm going to have the privilege of sitting down with industry experts to discuss their career path we're going to discuss three key topics that are currently in this industry, three hustle hot seat questions, and three pieces of advice, all under 24 minutes. Now under our guests this week. Innovation is key in our industry. Being innovative in process, structure, development is all crucial. Our next guest was able to do just as, and I'm excited to have Danny Passavoy, Senior Director of Ticking and Experience, the Premier Lacrosse League. Danny, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Danny, always excited to chat with you and and let's kick it off where we started. Innovation is key. You joined the Premier Lacrosse League in February of 2019, just five months before the launch of the league. First, before we even get into all the league and, and all the excitement of Premier Lacrosse League, why do you believe innovation is so key in our industry? Yeah, no, 100%. Well,
1: first of all, Again, thanks for having me. Congrats on the new role. Super Thank exciting. You. I um, appreciate super it. excited for you and, and have loved work with GSW the whole time. But uh, it's really built into our DNA. Uh, our mission is to trailblaze the future of, pro- pro- of professional sports that's player-led and fan-focused. And it starts at the top with, with Mike and Paul Rabel, who founded the league. And uh, these guys are great in so many ways, but probably their best quality is that they are always looking to push the needle and that permeates across every business unit and like the main um the main goal is just never get complacent um, because there are a lot of other leagues succeeding right now outside of the main five and uh, are having a ton of success because they're nimble and they're fan-focused and they're forward-thinking. And we want to make sure that we're at the cutting edge of that as well and delivering something that's really fresh for our fans and really fresh for our partners Um That's the nexus of why we even started the touring model to begin with, to bring the best players in the world to your doorstep. And it manifests in our broadcasts with with, formerly NBC and now ESPN, both have been great partners. But we're always trying new things with mic'd up players and goalie cams and different angles and then. Uh, for our fans, they know this about us. It's how we bring those edits and highlights to your phone. And they're cutting up the clips on site right after the play happens. And it's on social within minutes. So it kind of gets manifested across the board, but it's a top-down thing
0: from Mike and Paul. And we're always trying to push the needle because we have to, to compete. Absolutely. And, and Danny, you, you mentioned one word early on that they really resonated with me is like trailblazing. And so Short, sweet to the point, right? As you trailblaze this and and really focus on the league, what's your elevator pitch for the Premier Lacrosse League? Look, these are the best players in the world coming to your doorstep, um, competing
1: for the PLL Cash App Championship on September 24th in Philly, coming up here on ABC. Uh, what it boils down to, man, is that this is the fastest sport on two feet. It's physical. Our games always come down to the wire, uh, and we all sneak into the uh, sports center top 10. But it's the it's a combination of the physicality of football, speed of hockey, uh, dynamics and offense of the NBA. Uh, and you can attend a game with your family for a fraction of the price. Um, what also makes lacrosse itself as a sport um, really unique beyond the PLL is its roots. Um, it's the oldest sport in North America. Uh, founded by the Hodenosaunee, and that heritage is incredibly important to us. And you know, now we're in a spot in which we're vying for a, a, to get lacrosse back into the Olympics in 2028, and uh, that news should come really soon. So it's just it's a really exciting time for the sport, but it also combines all the best things
0: that you love about the other leagues uh, in one place. No, that's awesome. And Danny, so the Premier Lacrosse League consists of eight teams with a 25-man roster. And for the first several years, the league, including this year, which will change next year, toured around to 12 different markets throughout the year. You talked about it. The finals are just a few days away. And how has it been selling and traveling to different markets? Uh, This is probably the biggest one that
1: I get when I talk to uh, other folks in the industry, certainly the venues that we go to, because the touring model itself Um, poses so many opportunities but also so many challenges an example of that is year one we had 14 separate venues seven different ticketing systems and our fans are expected expecting us to be the experts in every single one of those and now that we've grown and, and partnered with Ticketmaster we've become so much more streamlined and efficient but Uh, It's a bear to just get them up and online and loaded and the pricing right and know like every sellable opportunity with every single venue. But what's been great and certainly now that we're in year five is we're going back to some of these venues like Gillette, like Homewood Field for the third or fourth time. And our fan retention numbers are growing in such a, a clear way. Um, and that's telling us a really clear sign combined with our MPS score that uh, the product on the field is great, that these events are really fun, that we're doing a really good job retaining our fans who have come in the past, but also showing them something that's unique and fresh every year. But it's it's a big challenge um, and certainly adding the travel component to it where right. the majority of my staff is on the road every week. They're gone Thursday to Monday, back in office Monday afternoon. to Ready for the next one. Yeah, Yeah, it's up there. It means that the off season has to be so important to get in front of the right people, the proposals in front of uh, the right orgs, and that we're closing as much as we can before the year uh, to set ourselves up for a successful season. Absolutely. Well,
0: you know, and recently, to your point, five years in, it was recently announced that the PLL will, will be assigning some home cities for next season. Why was that change made? Yeah, I I the big question is
1: why now, right? Like we could have come out of the gates with uh geos and cities and and gone the more traditional route. I'd say like it all boils down to like getting out of the gates really fast and the single entity touring model allowed us to bring the players to you and keep costs in like a really good place in those early years where like, we're still figuring out what's going to come after that. And, you know, since that time in the five years, you've been able to get, you know, major media rights deal with ESPN and achieved um, like significant growth across ticketing and broadcast viewership and uh, performance with our own uh, owned and operated media too. So this felt like the right time to, bring the geo model into place where we can gain net new fans and build that team and and, uh, fan affinity in a more direct way. And it all boils down to why do you even root for a sports team to begin with? Right. Uh, And now that we have the foundation that we do, it felt like a good opportunity to get more direct there and we'll continue our touring model. Um, The big change that'll happen is now when you go to a venue, uh, I almost said one, we haven't announced it yet. So I'll try (laughs) But now when you go. That would have been great for 52 Weeks of Hustle. Breaking
0: news.
1: Uh, It could have all happened here. Um, (laughs) We'll talk again, maybe at (laughs) the end of the year and and get into it. Exactly. What'll be really cool for fans is that when they go to a venue next year, one of our eight main venues, instead of it being traditionally PLL branded and, and, evergreen across the board it's going to be the chaos venue and it's going to have that ethos and that feel yep. and the supporter sections and uh it's our it's our way of dipping into
0: geos uh without going you know fully against the model that we've had now no and it's you know Danny, and I certainly appreciate the, the overview of, of premier lacrosse league it's been exciting to, to watch and be a part of and, and it's kind of crazy even though it, it started in 2019 it's already in you know fifth year and so Going back to your career, Danny, like you've built a great career with the PLLs and almost five years, you've held four different roles on the revenue side. What do you feel like you've done on a consistent basis to continue to get promoted internally? Uh, it's, I
1: mean, this is a really good one because uh, I get asked it a lot by the younger employees here at the PLL and um when I started, I was the eighth person here. Uh, everyone who had been here prior went to this incredible school with this unbelievable work experience. And we're just so talented. And for me, I, I went to the University of Arizona that I love, not viewed in the same way as an Ivy League. I, I thought that
0: was Harvard of Arizona, no?
1: It is, uh, 100%. <laughs>
0: um, but when you're comparing it to the actual Harvard, that's yeah. a little I bit went to the Harvard it. of Ohio, so I get yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um,
1: but- For me, it was all about in those early days, just like I wanted to hold up my end of the bargain because when I made the decision to come to the PLL, it was after years with the Diamondbacks in which I'd hit revenue goals every year and stretch goals and was performing really well. And there wasn't that next step opportunity there for me at that time. And um, when I thought about the PLL and the opportunity here, I was like, this is a bet on myself and an opportunity to start on the ground floor, give it my all and um, hope for the best. And and thankfully, all those things have happened. But in those early days, it was hold up your end of the bargain. And if that means that you're not as smart as the rest of these guys, it means you got to work harder. You got to put in more hours. Uh, You got to ask the dumb questions and like risk looking dumb to make sure that the work product is actually right and then raising your hand for every opportunity to help other teammates. Because if you can glean a piece of what they do and how they think and what they're, uh, what they're trying to accomplish, hopefully it it manifests back for you and you have a better understanding of the org as a whole. So uh, look, I don't know exactly why they continue to hang on to me. Hopefully (laughs) the culture that uh, we built within our sales org is a big piece of it. uh, And the hard work plays a key role, but for me, it's I just try to be reliable, consistent, uh, and positive the whole time, and,
0: and let the rest play out for itself. No, that's awesome. And, you know, Danny, to your point, you know, not every day is the same and there's a lot of moving pieces and you've grown your career there and have a a great team and great organization. And, you know, going back to the beginning, you, you were always into sports. You went to the University of Arizona, just received a degree in journalism. You know, then you, you mentioned you, you ultimately ended up with the Arizona Diamondbacks where you spent almost four years in ticket sales. Thinking back to your early days there, what's one piece of advice of something, you know, now that you wish you would have known back then? Oh boy, it's hard to boil down to one because,
1: um, man, I, I loved my time with the Diamondbacks. And and part of the reason why I chose the Diamondbacks, and I was really lucky to have a few options coming out of college, but I knew that they were one of the best sales orgs in sports. And I really wanted to learn from the best. And my mindset going into the Diamondbacks was just like, outwork the room. Um, and the main lesson that came out of my time with the Diamondbacks and, and why I loved it so much is that so much of your success, you control in a ticket sales uh, role, certainly in those like early inside, de- uh, inside sales days where your effort, your reliability, and your attitude play the biggest role in how well you perform there. And that's all stuff that you can do yourself uh, and bring to the table. And uh, the issue that I had, though, is that I was so heads down, I was like, I just want to lead by example, sell as much as I can and outwork the room. And it's funny, John Fisher's the the VP over there with the Diamondbacks. Previous
0: 52 Weeks of Hustle guest.
1: Yeah, uh, I listened to all of them uh, prior to this. so Appreciate um, it. But uh, John is the the greatest and he and I still talk um, quite a bit. And there was a time in which maybe it was my, my fourth year in. And I, again, hit goals every year and a manager role finally opened up and, and I didn't get it. And uh, Fish and I sat down and, and uh, we had a lunch, I think. And, um, you know, I just wanted to learn like, hey, what can I do better? Like, I feel like I'm hitting my KPIs and my numbers and and all of that. And Fish goes like, look, like you were considered for it. We really like you but this is the first time that we've ever spoken about what you want to do and what your goals are and, and where you want to be. So he's like, look, like I really appreciate your grind and your effort here, but if I don't know what you want to do. Yeah. It, it's really hard for me to like fully help you. And that was a big eye opener for me is like, okay, like you need to combine the work, the effort, the attitude, with developing really strong relationships with your leaders. And that comes with time and they need to see that effort over time and your results over time. Um, so it, it can't start from the beginning. You need to prove yourself, but make sure that you're taking the time to like learn from your leaders and and grab a coffee with them to pick their brain on what they, what they look for every day, how they build strategy, how they build uh, uh org chart and, and, Do those things when jobs aren't on the table. Uh, And that way, when jobs do come on table, they see your work, your effort, your results, and then they know all about you. They know that you're really interested and that you've taken a lot of time to learn what they do so that you can be prepared for those roles when they do come.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Danny Passavoy, Senior Director of Ticketing Experience, the Premier Lacrosse League. And Danny, let's get into three hot topics. You know, many times as we talked about, the league travels to the same markets as professional sports teams or quote unquote competition, which certainly can make anything a difficult sell. What do you see in your sales team to be successful, you know, and on a daily basis, despite any other competition in those markets? Yeah,
1: Um Everywhere we go, there's going to be something, uh, whether it's major league baseball playing during the summer, uh, some major league soccer crossover, certainly NFL as we get toward the tail end of our season, and then we also compete like not just with other events, but with the summer months. Right. Like this is time in which families are taking vacations. They're going to the beach and um there's so much competition for us. Like even the last year, our championship in Philadelphia, we're competing with an Eagles game that was taking place later that day. So in the early days, we think about it a lot. But really, it starts with how we develop our schedule at the very beginning of the year. And I'm really lucky to be in a small room of people that do that. And what we really try to do, certainly as like the summer lacrosse club season is in full swing. And sometimes we'll go to a city and all those lacrosse kids are in a different state because they're competing in tournaments. So for us, it's starts with finding the right size stadiums in the right cities where hopefully we can partner with a really great local tournament. And an example is when we go to Charlotte, we go there um, partly that weekend because we partner with the big South summer classic. That's a 180 team tournament, 20 minutes from the venue. We develop a relationship, we send players to that tournament, and then we align on schedule so that all those um, kids can come to the games. And that for us, is an amazing partnership because it grows the tournament and also sets a foundation of who in the community is able to attend. And then for us, it's how do we develop like really a really great fan experience on site so that the people who've come before get something really fresh and that we have partnerships with tournaments and opportunities to grow uh, our fan base. So we used to think about that a lot more, but we try to combat that with, the schedule fit with what we know is going to take place in the area that uh, feeds into the PLL. And then when it re- came in regard to the Philly championship last year, we actually saw very little crossover. Um, and it was our, our second biggest single day ever. So just focus on what you need to do and get done, build good relationships,
0: put a good product on the field, and and hopefully it all works out control the controllables. And and Danny, question two, in this business, we constantly talk about being efficient, effective, and you're currently overseeing a sales team, as we've talked about selling in markets that they don't live in. What's your advice on just prioritizing day-to-day tasks?
1: Yeah. Uh, look, early in the, in the early days of our sales team, we had everyone focused on every market. Um, and look, we've gotten a lot smarter since then. I certainly didn't know what I don't know, uh, then, uh, that we do now, but, uh, What we did is is did a little bit of a reorg before the 2023 season in which we created a pod system in which there's a manager for each pod. They're responsible each for four to five venues and it's multiple reps on each. So uh, every rep is essentially responsible for a main market and then one backup market. But the way in which we develop out the schedule is each pod there within has you know week one, then week five, then week nine, and then week 14. So it allows flexibility for the reps as they move off their markets to have enough time to sell the future markets because they know that it's weeks away and has more management and insight into each market within the pod. Because we used to have meetings as a team, 15 sales reps, and we talk about all of them and never really be able to get in the weeds of each event. Now within the pod system, the managers can really dig in on four venues and they're spread out and make sure each one is seen all the way through. And it's been far more effective. We've gotten way more coverage of it. And now we're starting to send reps like one weekend a month, or and that's going to grow into the next year into the market so that they can travel there, meet with their clients in person, walk the venue, do the whole thing. So uh it's a challenge for sure having the team in LA selling for markets all over the country. Um, yeah. but it's How do you structure the team organizationally to make sure you have coverage across the board and then still giving them the opportunity
0: to go there to meet people? To go do it. And question three, we've talked about working for the right people and the the right organization. You've talked ad nauseum, whether it be the Diamondbacks or the PLL, just great people that are caring and investing in you. What is your advice on finding a mentor or mentors early on in your career? It's
1: probably the
0: most important thing that you
1: can do. Um, I'm the luckiest person to have the coolest mentor of all time and Larry Friedman, the president of uh, LAFC. Um, but the the way in which we met is hopefully a, a lesson for others. And um, after my first internship on the business side of sports in college, my junior year, I was trying to figure out how to get a job in sports full time. And I just went on LinkedIn and cold uh, messaged every single ticket manager, ticket director, sponsorship director Love across it. all the main four leagues. And I was so surprised by the number of people that responded. And the only goal was to pick their brain and learn about yep. their day to day. And hopefully that would help me in interviews down the road. But one of those people was Larry, who at the time was uh, boy, I don't want to mess this up, but he basically was a president of a company, Mandalay, I think that ran like 30 minor league baseball teams. Um, and he's just one of the people that picked up and was willing to talk. And then he and I started talking regularly, maybe monthly. I would always send him notes whenever I saw something really like, great happen in his career. Uh, and then he started growing and then I started growing separately. And I still talked to him all the time. And that was just from a cold email, right? Yep. And uh, now we're really good friends. So I'd say it's the best thing that you can do because it's a backbone for you where you have questions and your parents may not know the right answer or your network may not know the right answer. Uh, to have someone that you can rely on and talk to that's invested in your growth is so helpful. And, and um, I couldn't be more happy to have Larry in my corner. And there are a million of, of them. But uh, Larry's probably the main one. Uh, awesome. a very Cool one. <laughs>
0: I love it. Danny, ton of great advice. What a great career. Certainly fun to hear about your journey, both personally and professionally. And close it out, I'll like put your guests on the hustle hot seats. You ready for this? Let's go. If you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh,
1: People in the office joke about this, certainly with the Dime Max. I used to bring these big tubs of spaghetti um, into the office, kind of Michael Scott um, <laughs> in the office before the fun run. Um, but my mom makes the greatest spaghetti in the world. And if I could eat that every day for the rest of my life, I would. What's the last thing you completed on your bucket list? I, I've never been a person to have a giant bucket list that I want to knock off. I think I'm going to Lambeau though, for the first time this season. And I'm a huge Packers fan. So that will be it. Um, but probably getting a dog. It's something I've wanted to do for forever. Um, and I finally got one during COVID and he's been the greatest, so Uh, That's probably the biggest one, although um, two years ago at this point.
0: If you hosted a talk show, who would be your first
1: guest? Oh, boy. Um, Kobe was always my hero growing up. Uh, I think the amount that I would learn um, from a one hour long conversation with Kobe would be uh, the greatest hour of of my life or close to it. Um, But living, I'd probably say Dan and Dave, the writers from Game of Thrones, uh, just to be like, Hey, guys, what happened here? Where are you uh, thinking? Yeah, just to pick their brain on you know decision making and and how you squeeze in so much storyline to uh, you know a brief window that they were afforded and the decision making process behind that is so interesting. Um, so those are probably the ones that that I would have on
0: I love it and Danny, you know, to continue the the thought of short and sweet in less than one minute, what are three key takeaways you would give every listener to be in your shoes one day? In the early days, be a sponge
1: and raise your hand at every opportunity afforded, no matter how big or small, even if it's after an event and you're tearing down signage. It's like, you never know who else is going to be there with you. And like that amount of time together and them seeing you like really work hard in something outside of your lane is is really impressive to people. So uh, raise your hand, um, trust your instincts, um, like, you know, if you have really good morals, really good values, and you work really hard, you're gonna be a really good judge of character for the most part. And if there's an opportunity and for you to take a bet on yourself, um, that'll grow you both personally and professionally and expand your network. Take that bet on yourself, trust your instincts, and then give it your all. Um, and then I think the last one that I would say is like really take care of yourself uh mentally and, and personally. Um when I was graduating college, going to air, uh, going to the diamondbacks. Like I've really pushed away personal relationships romantically and, and just friendships because I was like, I could go anywhere. I could do anything and I don't really want to be tied down. And, and that's something I, I regretted a lot toward the end of my time with the diamondbacks, where I felt like I was achieving all the things that I wanted yeah, to when wanted I said to, yeah. that, you know, I spoke to people like that. Um, but I wasn't happy, and I was I was a bit lonely, and and I I you know think about that quite a bit. Of make sure your personal is good and that you feel really good because it's going to unlock everything that you want to do at work. So take care of yourself first and foremost uh, is probably the most important thing that you can do.
0: Danny, thank you so much. What a great career! Pleasure talking to you, and I certainly appreciate your time and expertise.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, and and if you have time on Sunday, the 24th. We'll be on ABC at 3 p.m. Eastern for our championship. We really feel strongly if if you catch a game in person on TV that, that you'll enjoy it. So hopefully you do and, and would love to hear your feedback
0: after. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Danny, thank you again. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week.
3: MyPatriotSupply.com